Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. The COB is brought to you by Capstream, the global absolute return fixed income specialist. It is the 2nd of June. Great to be here with you with David Scott. How was your day? Very good. How was yours? It was pretty, pretty good. And um, yeah, what a day for the market, Scotty. We saw that buying toward the end. Uh, did the markets finish at the highs of the day? Very close to it. Uh, X2C uh, did very well, actually, towards the close, finished up 0.8 of a percent. Uh, strength of the banks primarily drove the increase, but there was other pockets. And look, we can't go past what happened in the buy now, pay later sector. Uh, what gains we saw there today? Uh, ZipPay announced its acquisition of uh, QuadPay in the United States. Took off like a rocket. Sure did. Uh, finished the session up by more than 40%. So I like the headlines that are being written about this, saying that they've ended their FOMO when it comes to the U.S. with this acquisition. And as Martin Crabb, CIO of Sean Partners, was saying to us, get some popcorn. It's going to be great watching Afterpay and Zipco battle it out over the states. I love his idea about now trying to price in blue skies as well. Like, now how do you go pricing what's potentially going to happen in the future? And that's what's going to make this so enjoyable to go and watch. Yeah, well, we'll be speaking with Zipco on the channel, Ausbiz, of course, tomorrow. So we're looking forward to that one. Was there David Scutt? Any significant reaction in equities or in currencies to the RBA's monetary policy statement, which, of course, we saw interest rates left at a record low. Speaking of zip, we saw zip reaction. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't much no, much to be expected. The RBA saying a little bit more confident about what was going on, but acknowledge that we're facing an extremely bad downturn. There's lots of risks out there. There's lots of uncertainty. So... There was very little reaction, but you know, we'll find out more. As RBA gets more clarity as what we're looking at, obviously they can become more expansive on what they have to say. Speaking of confidence, in your view today, you're talking about confidence that could be inspired if we miss a technical recession. So we've got the GDP uh, output coming through for the first, uh, second quarter, I should say, tomorrow. Um, but... Even if we miss this technical recession, you know, there's still a lot of pain out there in the economy. So the big question is, you know, if we do miss this technical recession, as some are saying we might, um, will that make not just politicians, but Australian consumers, the average bloke out there, feel, feel better about his position? Look, it won't for a lot of people, and I freely admit that. But the other side of the coin is that if we manage to go and eke out a positive growth uh, number for the March quarter, that would be unheard of across the domestic world for you know, an economy that managed to escape. Now, yes, we know that the timing has a factor into this and everything else, but you've got to look at things like consumer confidence. We saw ANZ's reading come out today. The two most important factors there is the outlook to me. How are people feeling about the economy and how are they feeling about their finances? Now, you can think about, you know, fast forward to Thursday, we have, uh, and, and Wednesday afternoon even, we've had miraculous 0.01% increase in GDP. 
everyone's going to be talking about Australia's done it again, the lucky country, we've avoided recession. I think it's a bit rich to say that that won't have some impact on the mindset of people. Uh, how big it's going to be, I'm not sure, but I think you cannot go and discount that actually might have some tailwinds for the economy as we enter the second second half of the year, should I say. Yeah, I think I confused you. I think I said Q2. It, of course, is Q1 GDP that we get tomorrow. It'll be nice to have had the <laughs> yeah. updated figures, but you know we're getting figures from two months ago to oh, tomorrow. Yes, and uh, the Q2 will be the big, um, you know, likely trough in the Australian economy. And uh, we were speaking with one economist today, uh, Phil Donahue from Deutsche Bank, who said, look, you know, we will have the closest potentially to a V-shaped recovery out of any advanced economy. But again, let's not count our chickens before they're hatched, shall we? Um, we will uh, get to vicinity centers. It is the stock of the day, uh, not for the gains that it made. It actually ended down by 1.23%, but it did complete a $1.4 billion placement. And we spoke with a couple of our guest hosts on the call this afternoon about vicinity centres. And uh, we'll start with Claude Walker from A Rich Life. See what he had to say. The reason I don't follow it very closely in normal times is because uh, these kind of property plays are not very high potential in terms of earnings. They're traditionally thought of as a safer option that probably has a good dividend yield. What we've seen here is that not only is the share price not delivered safety to shareholders, but on top of that, they've actually suspended the dividend yield for the last six months. So if that is why people were holding it previously, you've got to ask, is that thesis broken? And then turning to the second and, and perhaps deeper question there is, you know, is this a bellwether for what is going to happen across a whole bunch of property trusts? I think that the answer is yes. Well, for a start, team investors never liked REITs. Right. You know, so, and the reason is REITs are typically, uh, as Claude said, you, know, you have them for yield, uh, yeah. but they leverage them up massively. So they have massive debt levels. This one's actually not too bad compared to a lot of them from a debt load point of view, but they still have, a, they still have 6.3 billion in debt and their market cap is 5.9 billion. So the problem with REITs also is that they revalue the properties and, the, and that's all a, a calculation based on rental yield and the cap rate and so on. Right. So that works in good times. So the property values are going up and it, it, in, from a reporting of earnings point of view, it, throw, it flows through to the P&L, which right. means that it looks like they're making a lot more money. So they're raising 1.4 billion, which is un, been fully underwritten. So it's yeah. happening. Right? Yeah. And they're doing a retail uh, raise of 200 million, which they're using that part to pay off debt. But I think what will happen is the the 13% drop in um, the evaluation of the properties is just the start of these right. problems. Yeah. So it was Mark Moreland from Team Invest finishing off the thoughts there about vicinity centres. Um, talking about US expansion, Scotty, when in terms of Zipco, well, we spoke with PointBet CEO today and uh, Sam Swanell is uh, pretty certain that they're going to take part of the American market when it comes to sports betting. He's still aspiring to 10% of that market, but he did say to start uh, not ruling out a further capital raising, just knowing that it costs a lot of money to get into that market. And he's really looking forward to seeing the sports getting up and running, you know, June, July, when it comes to the big leagues there. I think not even the punters, you know, everyone wants to go and see that as a sports lover, myself included. It was so great to go and watch some of the NRL last week and make it better. The Chooks got up against the South. <laughs> All right. Well, congrats, I think. Um, if you want to listen to that interview with PointsBet CEO, you can do so. Just to access that in the show notes. You can also hear what Shane Oliver had to 
say in regards to not just the RBA, but he'll weigh in on GDP. And we spoke with Alex Pukulis from Lipman Bergman and Partners, and he really talks about equities in a lot of detail. Um, and he references that Bank of America fund manager survey, which is always interesting, really mine that report for some thoughts of how U.S. fund managers are feeling. So again, you can uh, listen to that, uh, just access it through the show notes at the end of uh, this uh, podcast. So we've got, uh, as I mentioned, Zipco will be joining us tomorrow. That'll be a great one to tune into. We'll also be talking to Tim Tui, head of strategy at Yara Capital Management. We'll get his thoughts on the GDP read. And uh, always up for a good chat, Scotty. I know you like it. Colin Michalakis will be joining us from Statewide Super at 340, 345-ish. Good Adelaide lad. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again to Capstream. You can get more info in your episode notes or you can visit capstream.com.